All right. Well, welcome. This is the first episode of Creative Genius. Uh, my name's Gerald. What I'd like to do is start off, kind of do a little round table, kind of get everyone introduced, and let's talk a little bit about our goals and um, our views on what we're going to do with this podcast. So who, do, who else do we have? So uh, my name is Lou, and uh, I think a goal for me right now is uh, really I just want this to kind of be a, a round table for, I mean, all things tech, but even broader than that, I mean, uh, general debates, uh, things that, that come up in our everyday lives that, that we always get in conversations about. Yeah, definitely. And who else we got? So, yeah, my name is Adam. Um, I guess my vision for this thing is, you know, I've known Joe for a while. We've had some really good conversations, and that thought I was uh, always come up that's like, hey, why don't we record this and share it with other people? Because sometimes we have some really good conversations. Other times we have some somewhat good conversations, but really it's just a medium for me to get uh, out there, talk about tech, and talk about culture and I don't know. Have some fun. Yeah, and I'm kind of on that same page as Adam. I've known uh, both you, Adam, and Lou for quite a while, and we do have some really good conversations. And what's kind of nice about it is it just happens. It just seems to be the way we are melded together when we talk. So I think this is going to be a really good opportunity for us to kind of open up, start getting into tech because we're all super big nerds. And uh, also just anything about, like, current events, uh, how society is going this way and, you know, and things that we just don't really like or love or anything in between. So I'm really excited about this. Yeah, so the first thing I kind of want to say is, like, I'm not really a nerd. I'm more so of a geek. Um, (laughs) There is a difference. All right. Uh, And I'll... My bad. My definitely bad. show you the chart. It started chart. already. Uh, <laughs> I say if you love science, you're definitely more nerdy. But if you love comics and more stuff like pop culture, you're more geeky. So, so what do you call I, it when you're both? When I love science and I love comics. Whatever you want to mix them to be, you can be a, a GERD or a neek. Mm. It's really up to you, I guess. I'm going to draw okay. the line in the sand and say I'm the nerd of the show then. <laughs> All right. Mr. Physics over there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So what do we want to kind of start with uh, to kind of start off this show? You know, um, that's a a great question, I guess. Uh, I think in in the big thing for me, when we talked about this, like what topic would really like set off like a really good conversation with all three of us, um, music definitely came up in my mind, so... I kind of want to open it up and say, hey, let's talk about uh, music for, for a little bit. How do you guys feel about that? Sounds good. I like it. Totally on board. So for, first thing, um, big question right now, and especially in this age like where we're all growing up in, is uh, analog versus digital. So kind of want to say, like, what's your preference? Do you guys like analog music or are you more into like the digital formats that they're in today? Yeah, you know, that's kind of that – it's been a battle for many years now ever since there was uh, the transition into digital. Um, yeah, I kind of keep up with the times. I'm definitely digital while analog def- definitely has its place. Um, it, digital allows you to do so much more with audio and it's 
frankly, it sounds as good, if not better, than what you can get with classic analog. Yeah, I think I, uh, like Gerald, I've kept up with the times, and, uh, you know, I mean, you know, analog is, is, is probably never going to die. It'll always be there. Um, but I, I, I have to say there's, there's something really nice about, uh, you know, some of the higher quality formats and stuff that's out there and you can get just as good quality, I think, uh, and, and enjoy, uh, digital, uh, music. And, uh, there's so many platforms now. Yeah. What about you, Adam? So, so I'm kind of the guy where I'm still in between, right? Um, there's a lot of things I really like about digital, and I'll definitely get into those. Um, but there's a lot of things I still really love about analog, and I love how Gerald said it's never really going to die, right? There will always be um, that set of people that are totally into analog, and that's all that they want to listen to, and they'll claim up and down it's superior to digital, but... In terms of technology, I mean, we all know technology is an exponential curve and it gets better every year and there always seems to be something new. So I think right now in terms of looking at that graph, there may be a time where analog and digital split. As far as like what I think is better or what I have a preference to, I have to say right now it's, uh, it's digital. I just, uh, there's a lot of things I like about what they're doing and where that's going and the potential there is just limitless where you know analog we've kind of seen that peak we've seen that limit so well you know it's kind of funny thing because when you're kind of comparing the two people never really talk about you know one has you know superior quality than the other it's almost more like a sound preference you know they'll they'll try to guard it with oh you know analog sounds better than digital digital sounds better than analog but it's almost like they kind of sound different. It's like a sound preference, like a flavor, if you will, which I always kind of find interesting. Yeah, it's definitely something that, you know, I mean, in the end, you're getting the same, you know, music. And, and there is something to be said, you know, I think a lot of the younger kids today, you know, obviously have never been around to really, you know, see analog really very much. And so for them, they have that skewed preference towards digital. Um, and right, right. You, you might you might cross the same path and say the other side of the equation is true too, that, you know, my parents, you know, probably will long love analog uh, and, and never really enjoy digital music. But we all have those preferences and I think we, we all, and I think we can, I can speak for all of us here, sit in this, you know, in between where we've seen a little bit of both and where it's at today and where it was. And so we have very interesting and mixed perspectives. Yeah, because it's very similar to like, without derailing this topic, we see it in film too, you know, the difference between film recording on normal film or digital kind of a thing. It's, you know, it's just that preference of what people like. So, well, I kind of like what Lou said, like, or I forgot who said it, but like flavors, right? Like different flavors of audio, um, because very much like when you come down to it, everyone says, "Oh, analog has a warmer feel," and that's very true, just because of the nature of how it was recorded and how it was processed and how it was put into the formats that people kind of consumed it. Um, and with digital, they're like, "Oh, it's very harsh. Like it's very just." 
one or zero. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's ones and zeros like combined together to make a sound and we can only get so good at that. So really the question is right now is like, so we talk about like analog, right? Just the raw sound, the raw recording, right? You take someone who goes into the studio and they record a sound and whatever sound that they had based off the studio equipment, based off of the location based off of the time of day, the temperature, all of those factors get melded into the recording that they're making. Right. Whereas the argument with digital is like, well, Hey, like you're taking all of the, the vibrations I'm making, turning those from, you know, this wave curve into a peak of one and a valley of zero and compressing that all together and saying, cool, that's the sound that you made. And let's throw a bunch of effects on that. And let's, compress that and let's make it sound way better and let's pitch correct it and let's do all these other things that kind of i don't want to say like take away from the experience but and we've seen in a lot of times add to the experience but that's kind of what you're at now is like this analog used to be so freeform and very much what you got from the artist when they recorded it where digital they can do so much in post-production to make it sound better <clears throat> auto tune, right you know and i think that brings up an interesting point because Without that post-production and ability to alter the music from, you, you may say, what it originally was, um, you wouldn't have maybe as many genres and, and, and eclecticness that we do today in music. Because, right. I mean, some of, some of the, the things that are done today in the studio just physically aren't possible to do in analog at all. You can't pitch correct somebody you can't you know add you know these different effects to the music um and get that different feel with analog uh and i think that that you know music has been able to broaden a lot because of it yeah it you know and it kind of going off of uh what you were saying lou you also have artists who their style their sound their feel has to go with goes with that idea of analog that sound of analog you know, if you had somebody like Danzig uh, record in digital, it would sound completely different than the way you know Danzig sounds, you know, or any other retro bands or anything like that that prefer recording analog as opposed to digital. So Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a, there's a really good article, and I'll put it in the show notes. It's, um, it's I don't know if you guys ever heard, it's we're recording the Beatles. Um, it was about like the sound producer and the experience they had of when they recorded the Beatles and what kind of mics they used and the reason they used those mics and the positioning from the amps, which we all try to quantify digitally nowadays. But it's a really interesting perspective on how recording used to be versus how it is. So I'll put that in there if you guys haven't read that. Oh, yeah, that'll be super interesting. That'll be a great article to take a look at. So kind of going on with uh, with this idea and this battle between analog and digital, so what do you think has started kind of causing this whole like rebirth in analog where people are starting to try to buy vinyls anymore or start buy, try to buy vinyls now again as opposed to getting it digitally and going for this certain sound and what kind of people are starting to really get into this stuff? You know, I, I think it's people that don't want to see, like, things die. They don't want to 
let go of like the old technology, right? There's there's an attachment they have to it. And a lot of things we have nowadays where, like you said, it's the generations, right? Lou, you said your parents, you know, listen to vinyl and they listen to all these other medium. And we've mainly grown up, you know, I grew up a little bit with uh, with some analog stuff, but mostly digital, right? Um, I think it's a lot of people that really cherish that, like what their parents listen to and they might have had justifications, but they, they really hold on to that and they see kind of digital as kind of like a, a stab to the side of, of what music used to be and what it was, right? So that's why I think people still are attached to it. Um, but I think that will eventually start to fade away and digital will take over. Yeah, but what's a trip is I'm seeing people, try, uh, you know, scrounging for vinyls that didn't even live in an era where vinyls was their only option. You know, so it, it's almost like it's starting to become a rebirth with younger generations rather than just the old yeah i mean i think i think you could i mean not to compare this to to something completely off topic but i mean you know there's something classic about a vinyl and something classic about you know analog audio and 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 all that and so just like a classic cars will never die and i mean you know i wasn't around 40 50 years ago but i can still really appreciate uh you know those cars and i can still really appreciate a a good uh you know vinyl and so i i grew up in an era of cds primarily and so it it is something that you can still appreciate that sound and that difference in sound i think Mm. so so when's the last time you listened to a vinyl? Just in all honesty, like when was the last time like you put on a vinyl or were in the room where a vinyl was put on and listened to? I'll tell you right now, I've never listened to a vinyl. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> all right. So how can you debate any of this right now if you've never even heard it? <laughs> so so I can say I uh you know, it's probably been 10 years at least, maybe more um that I've been in a room with a vinyl being played. Um, I know when I was a kid, um, my parents still had uh, you know, vinyls and 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 we listened to them. But it was it was I was this is twenty years ago or, or more now. So yeah, I, I, let me specify that I've never voluntarily put on a vinyl. Probably the one time I listened to a vinyl record was actually in college in a music theory class. It was an old school jazz uh, record. So, so I'll take that back. I have listened to vinyl, but yeah, I just that I would never want to buy a vinyl record. Yeah, I have I have no desire to to go out and and spend money investing in that. Um, I think that you know that they'll always be there. There's always going to be those people that hang on to those, and I don't know that it will ever one hundred percent die. It's just going to become much more rare, um, especially as generations go on. I mean, obviously, as, as, as we all have kids and, and get to those points in our lives, our kids probably won't ever be introduced to vinyls and know what even maybe that is. Uh, and so that at that point, you know, it, it, it may be really, really rare that those things come up. Yeah, because we're even starting to, I'm starting to notice um, when I talk to kids, they're starting to get to that point where they don't even really know what CDs are anymore. If you talk to kids young enough, 
they yeah. only really know digital. Yeah. So, I mean. so everyone needs to remember, like, those are the formats that preceded digital media, right? Because that will be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or Billionaire whenever inflation takes place. <laughs> right. Uh, like 10 years from now. That'll be like, <laughs> hey, what preceded digital media? Yeah, and it'll be like VHS, vinyl, like all these other things. And kids will be like, uh, uh, I don't know. And we'll be like, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> you, know. you guys don't know anything about real sound. <laughs> Back in my day. So, you know, it's funny because I haven't listened to a vinyl legitimately in three years. It's been three years since I listened to the last vinyl. And... The last time I listened to it, I was hanging out with somebody, and they had, like, a record player. They put the vinyl on, but they didn't have a good sound system. And I think, like, everything that we've talked about, right, like, the whole reason for analog being still alive and this and that and the feel and the flavor also translates over to the hardware that they're using to do that. And, I mean, same thing. If you have this really awesome audio and you throw it out of a pair of, you know, like cheap $10 headphones or, you know, $10 speakers on Amazon, no offense to Amazon for selling $10 speakers, <laughs> but uh, it's not going to sound great, right? So right. I think for me, I mean, my, my parents have a record player, and I'm kind of very much like Lewis. Like, if I ever want to... If I remember, like, man, I got this vinyl from a garage sale, and it was a dollar, and I really want to listen to it because I really like this band, and I want to kind of get that feel or see how that compares to the digital version that I've listened to for so long. I'll just go to someone's house, put it on there, and they'll probably have some decent equipment, and I'll just cross my fingers that I can, you know, hear it and say, like, oh, yeah, that sounds different than this is, right? So I'll be honest. I think it's, I think it's weird to see someone that is, you know, the same age as us and just has a record player. I don't know why that's weird to me. It's just, why would you even have, it's like if I went to somebody's house and they had a VHS or a VCR, I'd be like, hmm, I don't even know why you still have that. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, and the other thing is, if if you brought a, that vinyl over to your parents' house, Adam, and, and, and you put it on, I'm not sure at this point you could tell the difference in the equipment because vinyls just aren't that prevalent anymore and, and just having a record play around or anything like that, knowing the difference in the quality of the sound, I mean, yeah, you could listen to it and say that could sound better, but at the same time, the, there's a very big difference between that and, you know, today where a pair of uh, earbuds from Amazon and, you know, a... Uh, $500 pair of headphones that are doing all sorts of other technology built into that, you know, sound very different. And we can hear the difference between that today, but testing the difference between, you know, the speakers that the vinyl is playing on between, you know, your parents and maybe just one I could find on eBay still, we probably wouldn't notice that much of a difference. So... That's a, a great thing because um, the next thing I had is kind of like this, yeah, so how, how well can you grade audio, right? Um, and especially in this day where we talk about digital and analog and we've talked about like the flavors, right? Like how can you really tell what that flavor is or what that sounds like, right? So I don't know if you guys know, but uh, a while ago they introduced this test to see like can you tell the difference between 320 kilobit per second audio versus full uncompressed like from the studio audio 
Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. 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 I've heard so. Heard of it. So before. yeah. So you heard of it. Yeah. So, so there's this big thing out there cause you're right. Like probably 80% of the population could not tell the difference between what's playing on a record player and what's playing on the digital. The only thing they know is like, well, I can get this one with a tap or a click. And this one, I have to like break out this record player and put it on here and I can't skip tracks and blah, blah, blah. So there's all sorts of things. So, um, I, I took this test, right? There was this test and it was, uh, an audio quality test where they gave you like three different options of, of media. And one was like a 128 kilobit per second compressed file. The other was a 320 and the other one was a fully uncompressed wave file. And they're like, tell me the difference just by listening to these three samples. See if you can tell the difference. So have you guys ever like taken that or did you guys see that at some point in time in the Twitters or the, the face spaces? I, I personally haven't taken that specific test, but I have tested between compressed and uncompressed. And I found that it really depends on what I'm listening to where I can tell the difference. Um, if I'm listening to something that just has a lot of um, – um, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of modulation to it, like say hip hop or, you know, some sort of techno or something like that. No, I'm not going to notice it a whole lot. But if I'm listening to, you know, a giant symphony orchestra and I'm trying to listen for the flute in the background somewhere, yeah, I can tell the difference between compressed and uncompressed. So That's interesting. I mean, I the only time I've taken some sort of test like this is actually funny enough when I signed up for a music service. You guys probably remember uh, Tidal came out, and this is kind of one of their uh, their staples or their hallmarks is this sort of higher quality audio. And uh, they walk you through this test where you, you're supposedly, you know, kind of viewing higher quality audio, and then you're viewing regular CD audio, if you will. It's been compressed down a little bit. And you're supposed to select the difference between the, the, the two tracks and figure out which one's the um, higher quality. Um, and it was very interesting because in my personal view, I wasn't able to really discern a great difference between them. I took the test two or three times actually and, and most of the time scored sort of 50-50 in terms of guessing the right one. Hmm. So... So here's a question with that is, is the big thing that, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier was like the hardware, right? Like what you have hooked up to. So if I can ask you, Lou, what, what did you have hooked up when you did the test? So funny you ask. So I took the test a couple of times and um, I started out with just a standard pair of ear pods, nothing, you know, fancy, just some $25 headphones. And um, I did plug in a pair of uh, Bose uh, noise canceling. I think they're QC20s, the in-ear uh, headphones. Um, and I did improve my score slightly with those, but it didn't make a monumental difference in what I could discern. Mm. Now, granted, I have an untrained ear, uh, but I... Uh, I'd say that, you know, I mean, I obviously stepped up the quality of the headphone I was using a little bit. Um, and, you know, there is certainly much higher quality out there that I'm sure, you know, would enhance that because I was still listening to in-ear, not over-the-ear headphones. 
And see, and I think the the keyword that I think Lou said there was an untrained ear, because I feel like a person can learn or be trained on what to listen for in compressed and uncompressed. Uh, if there's certain frequencies, certain sounds, certain instruments that fall on certain frequencies, I think that makes a huge difference when you know what you're trying to, what you're looking for when you listen to a certain piece of music. At least that's well, what I found. Yeah, and, and Gerald, you mentioned like, okay, when I listen to like uncompressed or vinyl, and I and I want to hear the flutes in like a symphony, like that's a frequency that everyone's technically aware of, but no one particular listens to, right? But when you ex- experience it and you feel it you're like wow why has this not been in all the other times i've listened to it right Right. and i think that's the kind of like the turning point for a lot of people are like oh i don't really know the difference between this and this and then you show them something and you're like hey here this is here's an awesome pair of headphones here's an awesome like amplifier for it to go through tell me if this sounds better i think that plays so much of a factor into like what title's doing and what uncompressed audio really stands for in terms of like what you're listening to. So like Lou mentioned, oh, I'm on, you know, earpods or I'm on Bose canceling headphones. Those are still, I'm assuming, out of your MacBook Pro, right? Yeah, coming directly out of my MacBook Pro. And honestly, you you probably could argue, yeah, I do I do have an untrained ear. And most of the public is gonna sit there, you know, probably do the exact same right thing I did just out of your computer directly. Right. Well, I don't think we're talking about, like, you know, the 80% here. We're not talking about the majority, right? Like, we've already kind of established that the people holding on to this uncompressed or the people holding on to this final are the 20%, the 15%. The people that are like, no, I get this. Like, Gerald, like, I, I want to hear the flute in the back section of the symphony. Like, I want to hear them in the 15th and 40th bar because that's a really amazing piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched Whiplash. Did you guys ever see that movie? I haven't. I haven't. So that movie is awesome. And um, I know the guy, the he got one of the awards for some awesome, you know, actor thing. Sorry, I don't I do not do film, obviously. Thanks for specifying but, that for us, Adam. You know, <laughs> it's the same guy who does um, Sp- the Spider-Guy in Spider-Man, the guy who runs the Daily Bugle, J.K. Simmons, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, right, or JJ, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> he, he, I think, got Academy Award for his performance, and he was really good. Um, but it's the same thing, like, they have this big symphony, and they have all these different pieces, and there's four people on trumpet, and there's four people on saxophone, there's four people on trombone, right? Mm. And it's picking up those subtle differences <laughs> that really makes the music. So I think the big thing going there is, like, what, do, what are you listening to and how are you listening to it? Right. So the audio test, right, where they like title has and like NPR has, it's very much like, hey, tell the difference between this and this. And they give you like a Beyonce song and a Jay-Z song and like a some other song and then a symphony song. And they say, tell me the difference. And to be honest, like I took it and I've got a pretty good pair of headphones. I've got a, a decent, you know, amplifier for my headphones and i still only scored like 60 percent. so in terms of like the trained year i'm still probably in the same category as you know like the average person um but it was just a little over half that i could tell the difference between like full uncompressed audio and like 320 so Mm. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I mean, to Gerald's point, I think it's it's very genre specific. It, it is it is something that with you know your headphones, Adam, and 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 an amplifier, and you know some a little invested money, you can really see the benefits. I think for an average individual, uh, but there's still this this vast majority of stuff that is you know core, sort of in the middle that that I don't know that we're going to we're going to ever notice much of a difference and 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 so there's there's some outlying stuff that I think we might be able to catch on to based on genres and stuff like that but or maybe even speed of the audio and instruments used and stuff like that um it might be more clear on an uncompressed you know audio what okay that's uncompressed and this is compressed but vast majority we're not going to see the difference i don't think right and kind of think of the idea of why compression started becoming a thing you know where st- you know storage space on computers storage space on devices was not as abundant as it is now people couldn't afford giving up so much space to an uncompressed you know song file now that's not as much of an issue well it's, uh, I, I mean it's just as much of an issue today it's just i think the the issue has switched from storage of the content to streaming of the content now bandwidth uh you know is kind of where we're we're headed i mean it used to be you know you would own all of your media and and so however much of that you 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 could store i mean whether it was physical cds in your house or in your car was as much as you actually had now it being in a digital format it's you know the the limit of your device or whatever you have and it's now changing and pivoting towards streaming which is now not even on your device but you know the bandwidth and so compression i think of the actual content itself helps with that and and something that is just as important today maybe even more important yeah, and I'm actually glad you brought that up, Lou. So what do you guys think about the idea of owning and possessing the music on your devices or just having it stream over the Internet? Adam, what do you think? So um, for me, I, I'd say, like, I used to love collecting CDs, right? Like having the CD, having the booklet, having everything that came with it, right? Uh, and then the whole music industry kind of got revolutionized and everything went to this digital format and it was cheaper and easier to get your CDs and do this and that. So I can say, you know, I, I'm still a fan of what it meant to go out and buy a CD on the first day and go to the record store and have that physical, tangible piece of, of like memorabilia almost for this band that I, that I love. But I I am a fan of convenience. I am super lazy, and if something comes out on a Tuesday and I can tap with one button or click and I have it and I'm streaming it, shut up and take my money. I will stream it all day. There you go. Yep. I'm kind of in that same boat myself. What about you, Lou? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I used to enjoy going with uh, my dad. We had a routine of every every week hitting up the the record store and it was a Saturday morning thing and, and we'd always, you know, uh, find two or three CDs uh, and uh, I always got to pick one and so I had a vast collection of CDs but as the media has, you know, kind of changed and it's gotten easier to have, um, you know, 
digital content and now streaming I, I'm definitely all on board with streaming and just you know paying a flat fee and 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 owning or not owning but having all that content and I'm okay with the idea that you know what if I cancel that service or I don't want it anymore you know what that's that's your content and you can have it back right you know it's it's something that but I I think there's still this is, you know, just as vinyls are kind of maybe going away, I don't think we're going to see the, the complete, you know, uh, write-off of owning media and buying CDs and stuff for quite some time. You know, I, I, arguably, I know that a lot of people have moved away from that, but, um, and you don't really see, I would say, a, a record store or a CD store, you know, place where you can really buy CDs any more other than maybe the bookstore or something like that that kind of doubles as as a place to get your media uh, but I, I i can't see them getting rid of it anytime soon yeah yeah because i kind of like this idea of streaming music because then you can be a lot more um more exclusive to what you're listening to because like you were talking about adam going out buying a cd being the first you know the first person to get it things like that but you think of like all the CDs, there might be the occasional good album that you love every song on it. Then there's those albums, there's 20 tracks and you only really like two of them kind of a thing. So the other ones just kind of sit in your library. You have no intentions of ever wanting to listen to them rather than just having an entire collection or the things that you listen to that you genuinely like and want to listen to over and over. So... Well, that was a fun part. I mean, I think that was like the gamble. You're like, oh, man, like I've heard this one song on the radio, right? Like the radio. And I was like, oh, man, like this album must be amazing. And you get the album, you're like, ah, oh, rolling the dice, like double snake. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know, like it's horrible. And the only one good song is that one. Or it's like amazing. And all the other songs are so much better than that. And like that experience, you know, is kind of gone. Um like Lou was saying, like, he doesn't think that's going to go away. I think that's going to go away because, like, who wants to waste 10 bucks on an album, like, as a crapshoot? She'd be like, mm, maybe it's good, I guess. I like that one song. So, no, like, when they revolutionize the music industry and you could pay for track by track, like, that that's killed physical media. And, I mean, like to Lou said, like, oh, you have to go to a bookstore to buy this CD. So, if there's no place that exclusively sells CDs it's officially dead. You can find places that still sell vinyl, right? Because of all the things that we talked about before. I don't think you can find a place that just sells CDs because that media has gone away. It's going away. It's totally obsolete. It was awesome when it was there and it served its purpose, but it's done. Well, it's interesting because I think there was a time period when CDs were still here and I would actually listen to an album from very beginning to very end and, and sort of get the whole album and why the artist, you know, wrote this album and, and why they spent the time, you know, doing this whole thing. And then the music industry was revolutionized and everybody kind of switched to this idea of we buy a song or a single couple songs off of an album that are the big songs or the songs we like. And it's now kind of changing with streaming. I'm finding myself going back to my old tendencies and instead of actually just, you know, all right, well, I'm streaming so I can pay, 
you know, my money per month and only download the one or two songs that I want, or because I can listen to the whole album, I'm going to listen to the whole thing, top to bottom, and understand why the artist wrote this, and I think it gives me a better appreciation for the work as a whole, um, and I think that that's kind of come back, and I really like uh, that I'm able to sit down and see why an artist, you know, put this time in and w what their message was behind uh, their work. But yeah. doesn't doesn't that also like oh like it's a super big distraction because you're like oh I like this really one song and this next song comes on you're like I don't like this song I'm just gonna listen to something else like how do you actually commit to listening to the whole thing when your distraction level is so much bigger before like CD like that CD's in there the friction that it takes for me to remove that CD put in another CD that I like or put in a mix CD like if you guys are ever remember making mixtapes right like what <laughs> yep uh like putting that in like the friction that that would take is just way too much um so your threshold is much much more right in in physical media and it's so much less in in digital where you're just like meh I don't like this song Hey, so and so, play this other song. Like, okay, cool, we'll play that song because you're streaming and you can listen to whatever you want. So here you go. Well, I think so, that brings up a good point because it sounds like to me you're more listening to the song for either the the, the song or the instrumentals of, of what you like. Whereas for me, when I'm listening to to songs, it's much more about feelings and emotions that it generates. And so understanding the artist's feelings and emotions and why they went through this, you know, and why they wrote that is so important. And oftentimes I find one song flows into another very easily. And so I, I'm, I lose that if I jump complete tracks. So sometimes I sit down and listen to an entire album. Don't get me wrong, there's other times, and I think there's a great advantage with streaming services that we can sit down and with streaming services, the, one of the vast advantages is really that it can look at what audio we like and what songs we like and suggest other stuff. Something that you know was very tough to do when I would go to you know a record store, or CD store, and just try to find something, hoping that I hit the right genre or heard of that name on the radio before, or somebody said it was good. Uh, and I can do all that for free. Well, yeah. not not free, right? But well, yeah, but, or, or but tell me, what's the last album that you actually listened to from start to finish? Like, what album actually held that that kind of meaning to you? Because I don't think a lot of albums these days do that. And I've I can only count on one finger the albums that I've listened to in the past twelve months that have built that cohesive like story for me. Otherwise, right. so I kind of all, here's what I laid down on this day and this day, and this is what my producer thought would go together, right? But as far as making a whole album as a story, with streaming media and with the ability to buy only one track at a time, I think most artists have gotten away from that. They're like, hey, I can make one hit, hit song or three hit songs and be like, cool, and the rest of the album is stuff I want to do, but it doesn't tell a whole story. So... I'm yeah. curious, what was the last story? What was the last album that you listened to that told a story? So, I mean, the, the last album I listened to, funny enough that I can recall, was only about a week ago. I listened to Dr. Dre's new album, Compton, and you know it, it ended up coming out, and uh, he hasn't done an album in quite some time, so I figured it, it had to have some sort of a story behind it. And, and 
I listened to it pretty much start to finish, um, and I thought, you know, there was there's uh, it was most interesting what I what I heard from it was that it seems like he spent more time dealing with what to write because he hadn't written an album in so long. And many artists, I think, you know, today try to release albums back to back to back to back to stay current. And he was in a unique position in that he spent, you know, kind of 15, 20 years didn't write an album. And so he had a lot to say and he had to be very poignant with what he was going to say and how he was going to say it. You know, and I, I like that you brought that up, Lou, because um, the last album that I really listened to just, you know, front to, front to back was Chronic album, which is old school Dre. I, the reason why I haven't um, said Compton, though, is because I've only made it about halfway through. Dude, the Chronic is like 2001. Like, where have you been for the last 14 years? <laughs> yeah, it was, well, 2001 was his second album. Let's get that straight, Adam. The Chronic was in like 1993. Sorry. Okay, yes. You know what I meant, though? So that was the thing that mattered. But, um, yeah, well, because that's the kind of the thing as um, kind of going off of what you were talking about, Adam, is people, a lot of artists would release these albums because every CD that you got usually had about 10, 12 tracks on it. And a lot of them were just junk tracks, almost like fillers. So I think kind of as time went on, we just developed where we just seeked out the tracks that we liked and just skipped over the rest. And that's kind of where I fell into. Now that that's um, that, you know, these different music services are supporting that um, type of thought process. It's almost kind of raising the bar for artists to say, hey, we can't just do one track and then the rest of it's just junk, you know, why don't we just do, you know, smaller albums, five really good songs, or maybe just one track, things like that. So. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know that that's a, that's grown a lot in sort of uh, certain genres of music. I know, um, you know, certain genres of music, you may not be able to, write an entire album and I know um, recently I actually heard an interview with uh, Zed and he was talking about how you know he really enjoys very very small albums only one and two songs and to get them just perfect and to do it just right and then release that and um, and because he, his argument was look I can really only do two songs really really well and i'd rather sign off and send two songs out and then be perfect than sign my name on something that says this is my work and in reality you know it's two good songs and a lot of filler right right so you pick dubstep which is probably like the worst example to pick because let's <laughs> be honest like i could make dubstep in my garage in a three hours and be like cool this song's awesome this remix of this song is even better. So there's two songs, put it on an EP, and let's call it a day. Like, I love dubstep is Adam as like a Zed? genre. I, I no, I love I love dubstep. Like I'm a I'm a big fan because of what it's done to music, right? Like 
there's only so often that you can break out into a separate branch or a separate genre of music. And dubstep definitely has done that. They've done that for our generation, right? They've created this brand new set of music that was like, hey, you know what? The traditional timing methods, let's break those. Let's break those as hard as we can. And we'll make it super awkward, super weird. And people love to listen to it. But I think that's like people making an album as a story, um, kind of like you both mentioned, is like is very rare these days. And whether they're doing it because like, oh, well, we're streaming the album, so we should do this or, oh, well, we want to tell a whole story anyway. I think Dr. Dre's like album Compton, like that's a story because we know Dr. Dre has a lot to say and he hasn't said anything in a long time. So yeah, it makes sense for him to put this all out there, especially with the release of the movie, everything going on there. It made sense, right? Yeah. For me, like listening to an album from start to finish, right? Does it tell a story from beginning to end? Um, that's something I think that's really, really rare. And I don't think a lot of people do. And I think even back in the days where you used to record, you know, analog and it used to be like this track and this track and this track, it didn't even used to be a thing then, right? Um, there's only certain bands that put like this, this story together. And that's something I really like. And I don't think it's dependent on streaming or analog. But I think it's dependent on, on the artist. But like I said, shut up and take my money. Streaming, you mean to tell me I can pay X amount of dollars per month and get whatever albums I want in that month? Whatever. I don't even care. Now, what's your, what, I'm curious. What's, uh, what's your take on the fact that, that certain streaming services don't have the collections that others do? And so, um, you know, I mean, sometimes... I mean, you, you, you're arguing this point, Adam, that, you know, shut up and take my money. But if you shut up and take my money and then you don't have, you know, a certain artist that I would like, how does that make you feel? I mean, it's something that it seems frustrating to me because we're kind of caught in this point where it's like, I might need to own certain things, but there are other things that, you know, arguably I can just, you know, stream. So... It's awesome that you mentioned that because, like, there's a friction point for me. And it's like, hey, how much is it going to cost me for you to give me all the music that I want? Oh, this much? Okay, cool. Wait, you're not going to give me X, Y, Z? Well, you're giving me 80% of what I want and the 20% of what I don't. I can get another way. That's fine, right? Like, the friction point for me is still greater than 50, greater than 50%. I'm going to go ahead and do it. But does that you get a second service on top of that where you're paying the same amount of money to just get that other 20% or? Um, can I say yes in quotation marks? Because <laughs> I will say yes in quotation marks if I'm allowed to. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, if you make something hard for me to get, I'm going to get it the easiest way that I can. And if that means that I, there's no way possible for me to get it from you, I'm going to get it from somewhere else mm. because that's the easiest way for me to get it. And the whole thing for me with streaming services, whether that's music, TV, TV shows, whatever it is, if you give me the easiest way to do it, that's within my threshold of what I consider like, Hey, is this worth my time? Right. Is it worth the time for me to go out and find this in a way that may or may not be legitimate? Is it worth that to me? Oh, I only have to pay X amount of dollars per month. Shut up and take my money. 
right? Like that's that's worth the convenience to me of having at any given time any album I want to listen to. Whereas, oh, you have to pay $10 for this album, which we talked about before. I only like this one track on this album. I don't even know if I like the whole album. Do I want to pay that extra money? Or do I want to just play a flat rate and get to see and experience that whole album and say like, you know what? I really just like that one song. It's going to go on this playlist because I still like that artist and I still want to support them. But I'm not into what they did as a, like a project. Right? And, and I, I'm very much into the fact that people provide these options. And I'm all about options. Give me as many options as you can. The one that I like. Right. Right. And for me, I mean, it's something that I, I, I don't know that I'm really even worried about having to purchase a second streaming service or, or anything like that to cover my bases with, you know, the artists that I, that I am missing. The, the big concern I have is, is really that I'm fragmenting my, my library and, and where I go. That's two apps to manage twice as much that way. The extra, you know, economical, economic impact is, is void. I mean, it's nothing. Uh, if, as long as I get what I want, but that, that sort of fragmentation and not being able to experience and see all my music in one place is where I, it, it just, it holds me back. Well, yeah. How much is your time worth? Right? Like my time's worth X amount of dollars per hour, right? If you give me a service that alleviates, let's say an hour of that time, and that's worth this amount of money and that's per month, whatever right but i think everyone has that threshold and for me that buyout is based based off of whatever i'm making at the time right it's like cool so you mean to tell me i can get an album that normally retails for 15 dollars for nine dollars a month or seven dollars whatever it is per month yeah that works because if i get two albums that period where there's two albums i really really like i'm coming out ahead and that's a win for me and I love to support artists, which is why I go to local shows for artists that I love. Like, I'm going to one in October. I'm like, cool. Like, you're an artist I really love to support. And I've streamed your music music for however many years. I'm going to go to your show and pay an obscene amount per ticket because that's how you make money. Because I want to see you live performing the stuff that I love. Yeah. So I think the whole model of revenue for artists has changed so much in the terms of streaming versus downloading um, that we've been talking about. Like that model for artists, like Lou said, like making one song or three songs or a whole album is so much different that it's translated even into their like live performances, right? Where that's where they make the majority of their money. Like, hey, I'm going to make my living by going out doing what I love in front of a bunch of people and doing the couple like songs that I really, really enjoy in front of a mass audience and having them appreciate that. And they will pay for that, which has been proven that we will. I mean, people pay, you know, hundreds of dollars for scalp tickets, you know, granted that all that money doesn't go to the artist, which I wish it did, but still the concept is there, right? If you sell out a venue, you're making a bunch of money much more than you would for selling a bunch of albums. Yeah, and going off of what you said, album, um, Adam, the idea of these, that music discovery, 
um, that comes from streaming services because you're not paying all that money for CDs and, like you said, a crapshoot. So you learn about new artists that are coming out um, that you would have never heard of if you just had to go and buy their CD to find out about them. So that's really cool. It's just like the same idea without getting off the subject of music. It's like Netflix. You know, how many movies have you guys come across or TV shows on Netflix that you would have probably have never watched if it wasn't for, you know, you just being on that streaming service and seeing what's on here kind of a thing. So, sure, you know. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think recommendations. Go ahead, Lou. That helps anytime we, you know, I mean, you have a library and I mean. It, this this sort of gateway of you know this finite or this amount per month and then I get everything and so once you're in of course you're you're bound to explore and and try new things and 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 see where it takes you right yeah I think a lot of services have gotten into like the hey like you really like this a lot of other people that we use our service really like this too do you like this? And like that whole concept of like showing you new things, like you mentioned, Gerald is like, it's so big in terms of discovery, right? Like, Hey, before I would have had to gone to a concert to see this other band and even their live performance might not have been as amazing as their recording, but being able to discover that music streaming has taken us so much further in that direction where you didn't even have to have bands on the same continent or or anything, any relation together other than what you've previously listened to to be able to tie you to them. And that's been so powerful in terms of like discovery. I can tell you so many times where I've just been listening to the radio, like a radio of a streaming service, and I'm like, hey, I really like this. And then I, you know, go in and investigate a little bit more. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And I would have never discovered this if it weren't for this service. So that's why, you know, back to the original question, which is streaming versus downloading. Streaming for me is a no-brainer. Yeah, streaming all the way for me. All right, so I have a question for you guys. I have a, kind of a two-part question. Um, I want to know, what, what what is your favorite pair of headphones? And then a follow-up to that, if your favorite pair of headphones is... Uh, the ones that would be your dream headphones. If not, what are your dream headphones if, if money's no object? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, Money to, is no object? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, like the world is my oyster. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to cap your headphone budget at like a hundred grand just so you're not, uh, not buying uh, solid gold headphones or anything, Adam. So I'm going to go find a headphone that's worth more than a hundred grand. I'm just going to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I don't have that much experience with headphones to know what I would want. It's interesting though, because it tends to be with headphones that or the sound quality is you get what you pay for. So there's this idea that the more you pay, the better they tend, they should sound. But, hey, I just, you know, I like a good pair of in-ear headphones for when I'm at the gym, some over-ear ones when I'm listening to uh, something uh, something like some classical or something like that. And, yeah, I usually, you know, I like a, I like a good pair of Beats. Um, Bose are really good, too. Um, 
So let me ask, Gerald, how many pair of headphones do you think you have that you use on a semi-regular basis? Because you brought up a very good point that you sounds like you use different headphones for different things, of course. And so answering the question, your favorite headphones is kind of tough. Uh, but how yeah. many pairs do you have? Um, that I actively use three. I actively use three. Um, I have a pair of wireless beats that I use at the um, gym. And what's funny about those ones is because anytime you get wireless headphones, the quality is not as good as wired. That There's just no, nothing around that. It just isn't. But what I like about that is that there's not a cord in my way. And when I'm at the gym, really, I'm not worried about the quality. I just need noise while I'm, you know, pushing a lot of weight or punching the heavy bag kind of a thing. And then um, I have a pair of in-ear ones that I use when I just kind of walk my everyday use. And then, um, you know, a pair of over-the-ear Bose headphones for, you know, if I'm connected to my computer, working on music, listening to something, uh, you know, listening to something where I want to hear that flute all the way in the background, things like that. So, Well, you got to be listening to some uncompressed audio if you really want to hear that flute in the background. I think we established that, right? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, Adam, what, what's your what's your favorite headphones? So, I don't know if I want to say I'm a headphone like whore or if I'm a <laughs> headphone like connoisseur because I think there's a fine line between the two. But I go through a lot of headphones, um, and a lot of it's because I used to play guitar, um, not as much now, but. I used to have like pairs of like monitor headphones, like really accurate, really, really good sounding, really powerful headphones. Um, and I can tell you right now that I've kind of switched away from that because my daily duties kind of switched away from recording music to just, you know, being an average kind of human being, um, if you want to call it that. So like right now, I'll tell you right now because it's been literally less than maybe a little over a week that I've owned these headphones is I'm owning the, the Bang & Olsen um, H6s, which are wired headphones, um, and I love them. I, I have to say that they're probably the most comfortable headphones that I've worn. Um, definitely in terms of style, they're way up there because they kind of follow a lot in terms of like the design aesthetic of like, hey, we take a single piece of, of material and we machine this great, you know, piece of art out of this. And it also sounds amazing. And I feel that's really what I get out of these. Um, that's what I'm using right now to listen to you guys. Um, now, are those in-ear or over-the-ear? These are over-the-ear headphones. So the H6 or the over-the-ear. Um, I really debated long and hard between getting the H8s, which are the over-ear Bluetooth, um, or sorry, on-ear Bluetooth. Um, I really debated hard on getting those because much like Gerald said, the convenience of not having a wire, not having this means a lot to me. Um, but sound just meant that much more. And uh, being able to get across the noise canceling factor, which I've found always gives like a little hiss. There's just a little bit of static in the, uh, in the noise canceling. Um, being able to have these H6 wires have been amazing. So that's my... Probably when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm doing work, that's the headphones that I have on. Um, if I'm out and about, if I'm in the gym, if I'm lifting weights, I have a pair of, um, of Bose. They're wired headphones. 
Um, not the sport model, but the model underneath, which I'll have to get and put in the show notes. But that's what I use kind of day to day. And I have to say that those cover probably 90% of what I want to do um, in terms of like voice calling, in terms of, you know, music listening, those really get the job done and kind of having that musician's type ear, right? Like Lou, you said that untrained ear. Well, if you train that ear a little bit, which means like an hour for two weeks, you know, like, which is what experience I have. Um, I really get a clean sound out of those that I really like. So the bows, I think they're the something, something I, you know, headphones for, for iPhone there. Those are the ones I use every day. And the H sixes from Bang & Olufsen, those are the ones I use when I'm on my desktop. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you guys have brought up some really great headphones. I, I personally don't own a pair of uh, over-the-ear headphones at all. I used to, and I've switched away from that. Um, I, I'm a real big fan of in-ear headphones, and I know I'm not going to get the same quality and, and not be able to hear that, that flute in the background as well, um, even at the high-end levels of in-ear. Uh, but right now, I'm... I, I don't go anywhere without a pair of at least ear pods with me just for emergency really, but pretty much everywhere I go I carry a pair of uh Beats uh Power Beats the wireless Bluetooth and I really like having, you know, wireless headphones and to Gerald's point, you you do take that sacrifice in quality of the sound and and that's that's fine with me because they're my everyday headphones and they're not they're they're just nice to be able to put on the ear and and get work done and not be, you know, constricted by wires or anything like that. And honestly, they get really good battery life and I'm 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 pretty happy with them. But for my, you know, when I sit down at my computer and I have a little time at my desk, it is the the Bose uh Quiet Comfort. I think they're the 20s, they're acoustic noise canceling headphones. Um, and, and I like them they get the job done. Um, I, I pretty much can block out anything around me. Um, sound quality wise, they're, they're probably, you know, an eight out of 10. I've certainly heard better. Um, Adam, uh, actually, you know, has a pair of the H sixes. I actually had a pair of H eights at one point. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly probably better quality. Uh, those H8s for sure, um, even without doing any, you know, just plugging directly into an iPhone. But I, but I still stick with my in-ear. I have that affinity for in-ear. Yeah, and that's that's my go-to headphones as well as in-ear. Um, it, it's kind of funny though, because I'm not above, you know, just some really cheap headphones. I think a lot of the time I'll listen to music or I always have a pair of headphones with me because I just don't like being uh, left alone with my thoughts. So it's just something that I use to just just music, just noise. That's that's all it is to me. I just want I just want need noise. <laughs> yeah. So. It's scary that we live in a an age where it's like, man, I don't want to be alone with my thoughts. I don't want to be in touch with people. I just want to have noise in my ears, so I forget what's happening around me. So I'm interested now. And that's now. exactly the same way I am. It's so Gerald, you don't leave home without headphones, basically, it sounds like. At least some sort of headphones. Uh, nope. Oh, the worst thing that could ever happen to me, especially is, and it's happened a couple times, 
is going to the gym and then as soon as I get there, realize that I forgot my headphones. <laughs> no headphones. I I've I almost contemplate. I'm like, should I home. just turn around? Yeah, yeah should I just go home? home? I don't even want to work out now. Like, I don't know what to do. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest right now. I've definitely gone home because of not having headphones. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? This isn't as important as I thought or, it was. Or you do the because... express workout. You're like, yeah, I still did something. But – but I didn't have oh, my yeah. phone, so, you know. Instead of it an hour workout, it ends up being, like, 15 minutes, <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't do this, and I just leave. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and Adam, do you leave uh, the house without at least a pair of headphones? I mean, I know for me, I wallet, cell phone, keys, headphones, they go with me everywhere I go in a pair, you know, one in each pocket. You know, it's funny. I mentioned the two headphones that I carry around all the time. There's definitely a third pair that's always there just in case. There's always a pair of ear pods just in case something happens. So they're always in whatever article I carry with me, which is usually like a messenger bag. There's always a pair of earphones in there. Whether or not they're my go-to or they're my sport ones, they're always there. I I can't do things without music, which is really sad to say because... Like, we've been talking this entire podcast about music, and honestly, I can't live without it um, because there's so many things that it enables me to do. Um, I just always have a pair with me, even if it means that $25 pair of headphones um, that came with my device. It They're always on me. So I always carry the Bose for workouts. The, the H6s I have always stay at my desk, but... There's always a pair of headphones wherever I go. Cool, cool. Now, it sounds like all of us kind of at least have, well, Adam, I don't think you said you had any sort of wireless uh, headphones. Um, Gerald and I both have a pair of wireless headphones that are Bluetooth. Um, Does anybody have any sort of, you know, aversion or you know apprehension to going towards bluetooth and in terms of is that where the the future is going and with newer bluetooth standards and i mean as we get we're in bluetooth 4.2 what two now or something like that uh and you know i'm sure in in time we'll, we'll have even more features with bluetooth do you think compression and is really gonna start to be as big a deal because maybe bandwidth and stuff between your device and your headphones won't won't be as as worrisome what what's the thoughts there i think uh, uh definitely like as technology progresses we all know that we went from wired this to wireless that right wired ethernet to wireless ethernet and now we're seeing speeds in wireless that are greater than the speeds we were seeing in ethernet right it's just a matter of time before those uh those paths cross and i think wireless headphones are still kind of on the verge for me where i love the convenience like i said if it makes it easier for me to do my day-to-day go ahead and take my money but um i'm still at the point right now where i'm still on the verge where the quality, I think, takes a little bit of a hit. I know APTX takes a little bit off of that, but I don't see that widely adopted yet. And I think when new Bluetooth standards come out, once they make a solid foundation for us to listen to something wireless, I will be all the way on board. But for now, 
wired is less of a convenience for me like right it's I have to plug something in, but it's not worth the cost of taking the audio quality for me. You know, and see, I actually, even though I have a pair of wireless headphones, I agree with Adam. My reason behind my preference being more towards wired is the reliability of Bluetooth connection. Um, you know, I, for the longest time when I would go to the gym, I used only wired headphones. The reason why I switched to wireless is because uh, one of the things I do is I heavily train in martial arts taekwondo. So when I'm on a heavy bag, I'm not just punching that heavy bag. I'm kicking it, and I don't wear an armband for my phone. So my phone's in my pocket. So it only took once for me to throw a kick, my phone fly out of my pocket, and it completely strip out um, the headphones out of the jack, and it fall onto the hardwood floor. So I was like, hmm, yeah, not a fan of that. So then I switched to some wireless ones. But, you know, with that, I do, while I don't, run, um, well, I don't run the risk of my phone flying out of my pocket because I'll set it down somewhere, you know, sometimes Bluetooth just likes to disconnect for no reason, no reason at all. Right, Adam? Um. Can I can I say we'll we'll hold that discussion for another time because I feel like that could get into something <laughs> really hairy right now. There are many reasons your Bluetooth would disconnect, but uh, continue. <laughs> oh, well, that's about all I got because uh, I just I had to kind of throw that in there. Why, even though I do use wireless ones, it's it's uh, I tolerate the. Uh, less reliability and the audio drop because at the again at the gym i don't need it to sound super crystal clear i just need it to be loud honestly bluetooth ones do that for me i can set my phone aside so i don't have to worry about smashing it on something i'm happy yeah i mean i think i i am excited for the future of of this you know technology and 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 that it's just going to get better and better I you know I'm, I've already said I'm an in-ear fan. Um, I love buds that are just you know in my ears and and that I don't have the wires hanging around. Uh, my Powerbeats wireless are, are are where it's at that I, I love them, but I I really want that that wire connecting the two of them gone, and I want to go ahead and uh, you know just have that single just. You know, butt on one side, butt on the other side, uh, left and right, independent batteries, and somehow they, they're, they're talking to each other over that Bluetooth connection. Well, we all hope for the future, right? Like, yeah, give me wireless everything. Wireless charging, wireless headphones, wireless this, wireless that. Like, that's just where the future is going. And it's no question that we'll eventually get there. It's just when. And uh, I think right now, in terms of the evolution of things, I'm still on the side of wired just because of all the the costs I have to give to it, right? Charging. Well, you didn't even mention that, right? Like charging headphones. Like what? Yeah. I have to charge my iPod. I have to charge all these other things. Charging headphones? I've never had to do that in my entire life. Why is that something I have to do now? Once I get to things being solar powered or biometric powered, whatever it is, I'm all in, but... For now, the costs outweigh the benefits, so I'm still on the fence. 
All right. So recording equipment, I'm I'm kind of interested here. You know, just in terms of all these these gadgets we're talking about. You know, what's Gerald? This is something that's that's probably something you've got a little bit of experience with in terms of recording equipment. You know, what's what sort of audio interfaces do you use, and 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 what do you? And Adam, you know, I know you you sort of have a past with with instruments. I know you don't you don't actively play now, but, or, or very often at least, but what, what's your take on this? You know, it's kind of funny because, um, like right now I'm recording, uh, this podcast with an Apogee mic, uh, which I absolutely love. One, the convenience, the size of it, and then I can connect it into all of my devices. But to be honest with you, I got it because I had an opportunity to get it. I don't really know a whole lot about recording equipment. This is actually probably more of Adam's realm coming from uh, you know, being a musician and things like that. So he could probably speak to it a lot more than I could. I'll just sound dumb if I keep talking about it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so um, I guess that puts a lot of pressure on me. Right? Like, like, <laughs> hey, here's the audio recording portion. Like, Have fun with it. Uh, Adam, you're the guru. Me, like, Go for it. Yeah, right? And I probably sound the worst out of all of you right now because I'm in a hotel room on hotel Wi-Fi doing recording off of, like, in-ear headphones. So, <laughs> whatever. Um, I can say, though, like, at home, any digital the audio conversion the unit that you have is going to play a big role in what you do. And right now, the big thing with those is the latency. So... What I use at home, because I still play guitar, I still do vocals, um, I use an Apogee Duet. So very much like Gerald, I'm in the Apogee kind of realm. Um, they make really great products at a really decent price. You kind of pay the premium, but you get what you pay for, kind of like we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. Um, I use an Apogee Duet for my audio, you know, analog to digital recordings. So that's my record, guitar recordings. That's my microphone recordings. That's everything there. When I'm out and about, it really depends. I usually just take my MacBook Pro and then I plug things into that. And then I say, hey, here you go, guys. Here's what I got. It's what I'm providing you. That's what you get to work with. Um, but other than that, Apogee has been kind of my, my go-to. And that really has allowed me to kind of like take the heavy lifting out of it, right? Like that does all of the recording and the preamp for my headphones. So I plug my guitar in, I plug my mic in, I got the headphone coming out. It's all USB. I have a, a Thunderbolt monitor at home that I plug into. So it's really plug and play. I Apogee does great support for Apple products. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm giving them a lot of praise, but they really deserve it. Um, so Apogee Duet for me, the H6s in terms of like what I'm using right now to hear you guys and to record you guys. It's all based off of their, their built-in kind of stuff. So their inline mic and their headphones. I can't say enough about that, but that's really all I got for what I'm using. So I know Lou, you're probably going to have like pretty simple setup, but I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was never really into much of a recording. I never played an instrument, so it wasn't something that was high on my list in terms of priority. I'm actually at the moment, um, I didn't even dig out the, the Bose headphones to, to record with. I'm recording with a pair of ear pods 
Uh, I, not to reference something from before, but I didn't trust the uh, unsteady uh, wireless uh, power beats just to uh, record a, a podcast, and uh, maybe I'll get bold in the future. We'll see. I'd say, like, hey, now's the time to take risks, right? That was probably in your horoscope for today, so whatever. <laughs> yep, there you go. All right, guys. Well, I mean, I think we've covered kind of all the stuff we want to cover in, like, our first inaugural episode of a Creative Genius. So any other thoughts you guys had? Um, I'm... I'm just glad that we finally got an opportunity to do this. I know, uh, you know, uh, me and Adam, uh, we've been talking about doing this for a a long time and, uh, Lou coming into the group. And, um, I just think this is a really cool opportunity for us to kind of really openly share all of our thoughts and all those discussions that we've had for so long. So it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, cool. I, I, I thank you guys for, you know, just uh, even letting me in. And I, I know I uh, kind of uh, just we, we had some really good discussions and, and it just seemed right. And I'm finally, you know, happy we've we've got it all together. We've, we've been able to sit down and do do our first episode. And uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Like, I love talking to you guys in person. And I think just recording it and sharing it with the kind of the world now just makes me feel that much more like encouraged to have more discussions. Um, And with technology, the beauty of technology, we can have these discussions millions of miles away. Uh, It's just been great. So, I mean, thank you guys for, for joining in and I look forward to doing it again. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, until next time, uh, uh, I think uh, we'll have some good discussions coming up, though. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I guess for now, I mean, this is our whole new thing doing this, so we'll put notes in uh, in the show notes to where to find us and where to do and then where to link to us and where to link to our respective profiles, but if you guys want to shout out that shout out that now you can but otherwise we'll just include it in the show notes sounds yeah. good sounds good cool all right guys well we'll see you next week then and we'll uh, do it all again all right Alrighty. Because you stopped the recording, right? Uh, I haven't stopped the recording. I'm just letting it go right right now. now. This is the after show. Yeah. Okay. Bonus features. (laughs) Bonus features. There you go. Did I really say that? Yeah. Am I that drunk? (laughs) (laughs) I love the little like uh, black guy like thumb (laughs) thumbs up that you put in there like seal (laughs) of approval. Like. Oh yeah, diversity. That's like, uh, or those now like emoji colors. Why did I do that? That's, that's hashtag diversity. You know, cause see, I I don't even really sleep anymore. Um, the days, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna be honest. You know what? Between the three of us, we'll figure it out. I I have complete faith and confidence. We'll figure it out. So God, I hope so. Otherwise, <laughs> we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs>
All right. Well, I won't have too many whiskeys next time. Only have like one or two, not three or four. <laughs> right now, I'm feeling pretty good. You guys want to do another podcast right now? 